Welcome to the Kinetic Enterprise, built to evolve, presented by Deloitte. Your host for the program is Bonnie D. Graham. This program will help set up your business for the future with topics centered on the four pillars of the Kinetic Enterprise. We'll focus on case studies and leading practices designed to move you to the next level. Now, here is Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Deloitte, the Kinetic Enterprise. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and I just want to tell you all that Deloitte has been recognized by SAP as the number one global partner. Follow Deloitte at Deloitte SAP. Let's see what our topic is today. This is very, very interesting. Business transformation and taxes. Let me just let that sink in for a second. It's not what we usually hear, but these are two of the greatest certainties in business today. And we're talking to our business audience all over the world. And both finance functions need to transform to become the advisor and guide to better decisions for the entire enterprise. Or what will happen? They will become irrelevant. We don't want that to happen. Transformation starts with an analytics-first approach, and we'll be talking about that a lot today, to provide richer, faster, analytics-based insights and more frequent tuning of multiple scenarios that help the company figure out and prepare for tomorrow today. That's the point. You've got to start preparing for tomorrow. We've had a lot of surprises. In this episode of the Kinetic Enterprise, Deloitte Finance Transformation and Analytics Leaders, and we have four of them with us today, will join me to explore the ERP systems, the processes, and the talent in data science that will enable finance teams to harmonize analytics, translate the story behind the numbers, and elevate their role in steering the wider business. Tune in, stick with us for the next hour for the conversation, for insights on how finance can become the analytical engine, that's a powerful term, analytical engine for the organization and unlock exponential business value. I have four guests. Uh, Full disclaimer, I can see them on Zoom, even though you're hearing us on audio. I'm going to ask them just for the Zoom to raise your hand and wave. So we have Deloitte's Graham Billington. Graham, welcome. And we have Rolf Dukek. Welcome. We have Ritesh Bhushan. Hello, Ritesh. And we have Scott Gablehart. And I'm going to ask them for their insights on the Kinetic Enterprise, empowering finance transformation with analytics-based insights at your fingertip. Bonnie D in the house, happy to be here. Let's go around the table and meet our special guest today, Graham Billington. So nice to see you. Nice to meet you. I'm going to put you on speaker view for Zoom. And would you please tell us a little bit about what you do and what's your passion for this topic? Welcome, Graham. Thanks, Bonnie, and for the introduction. So I'm a, a partner within the SAP practice within Switzerland uh, of Deloitte. I've been working my entire career within the finance transformation space, implementing mainly SAP systems, but a few others uh, along the way, um, basically for more than 20 years now. As a, that includes uh, catering for various regulatory requirements, uh, process requirements, and now obviously into the realm of analytics. Now, if we look at the passion as I've seen across um, the last 20 years and how things have changed. Finance transformation, basically up until about three years ago, was always focused around harmonization of processes, trying to get um, cost out of the the finance business and always looking at the retrospective. Now what we're seeing, uh, a major shift in the market, which is really exciting to me is that most of um, 
the people that I work with have either embarked on that or are realizing that that only brings a certain amount of value, which is relatively small within the environment of finance. A true finance transformation is connecting the data together and making sure that you have insights from the front of the business all the way to the back of the business within finance. And once you can actually connect that data and use it usefully, that is always what I'm finding brings the true finance transformation uh, to the um the customers and the companies out there within the world. Thank you very much, Graham. Very, very interesting. And just let's level set here for a second. Graham, since I have you first, I'll ask you, what size companies are we talking to? Is this for everybody? Because our audience here on the Kinetic Enterprise is global. We don't know exactly who they are, but they're relying on information and insights from all of you to help them with their business. So who are we talking to? So I'm... talking all companies across the board. So I've had the same conversation with people that are working in a global companies operating over 100 countries and uh, have the same issues with uh, other companies and people that are working in a single country, single market instance, even with a single product. And I have a consistent view that in order to drive the business forward and uh, do a true transformation, they need insight into the business. And that all comes down to the data. So in the end, the topic is the same. The, uh, the objective is the same. Obviously, the scale dependence on the company would change. Thank you very much. Just wanted to get that out so people knew what we were talking about and to whom we're speaking. Let's go to Ralph Dukek. And Ralph, please introduce yourself. Also, what's your passion for the topic? And I want to know if you agree with what we're starting the roundtable early. Do you agree with the perspective on all businesses, but at different scale? Ralph, welcome. Yes, hello. Thanks, Bonnie, for having me here. Uh, yeah, my name is Rolf. I'm based out of Munich uh, in Germany. Um, I'm with Deloitte uh, Consulting um, in the role of the of a director leading the regional SAP Central Finance Center of Excellence in Deloitte Central Europe. And I'm delivering sustainable finance transformation for now more than 22 years. Um, by integrating, harmonizing end-to-end value change, chains, um, and yeah, just to bring along uh, those critical information for businesses uh, regarding finance to take decisions and to get the insights at a fingertip. Um, I'm advising to pick up what what uh, Graham just said: um, multinational listed and/or privately owned companies in various industries, which include automotive, manufacturing, public sector even, and transportation almost all over the world. Um, And this is where I gained all this experience around finance and whatever drives the the finance leaders in their function to get to this in even higher speed. And uh, so this is uh, also my my passion to to bring that um, yeah, experience that uh, that knowledge uh, to those finance leaders and implement solutions for them. And Thank you typically, very Yes, go ahead. Uh, typically, my clients ask me exactly for that, having that strategic view paired with pragmatic approaches um, to really complex issues in this domain. Thank you, Ralph. I apologize for interrupting you. I wasn't sure. Very interesting. I'm glad you mentioned the different industries. This this interests our audience. They want to know. 
does this apply to me, to my company? So thank you. And let's go around the table. One more seat to Ritesh Bhushan. Ritesh, so happy to have you here. Please do me the honor of introducing yourself. And what do you think about to whom does this apply? Ritesh, welcome. Thanks, Bonnie. Um, my name is Ritesh Bhushan. Uh, I am a partner at uh, Deloitte uh, in Netherlands. Uh, I'm also the global SAP finance leader for Deloitte. Um, I've been uh, involved in finance transformation um, you know, projects for over 20 plus years now uh, for large and mid-sized customers. Um, and I've seen the evolution of finance transformation. Um, it was originally uh, the objectives of finance transformation enabled by SAP Technologies uh, was more focused on you know, cost optimization, process centralization, process standardization. And um, I think the next phase of finance transformation is here where finance as a function is also expected to create value uh, and not just be a cost center. It also needs to you know, side-by-side -side support business in, in uh, you know, capturing new markets and creating business value every day. And that just cannot happen with centralizing and standing process. You need to have that you know, analytics first approach where you create um, possibilities for business to simulate uh, business scenarios to, to provide them intel insights that comes in both from within the organization and from outside the organization um, to support their decision making on a daily basis. So I'm you know, quite interested and quite excited about the topic. And there's a number of uh, wall stories that we can bring to this discussion, right? And I'm looking forward to share this uh, along the way today. Thank you. And you brought up a key word, Ritesh, excited. Used to be people said, oh, finance. You all, I don't know if any of you are old enough to remember CPAs, finance people sitting in the basement with the green eye shade and the banker's lamp, right? Late at night working on, oh my goodness, spreadsheets. Let's look back. Well, what was the last quarter and the last half? And do we dare look ahead? Do we have any insights? Not anymore. It is exciting. And I know that what's exciting about the finance profession is it's attracting, and we'll talk about talent. I think some of you had that in your discussion statements. What kind of talent can you attract? What demographics, what generations, and how do we keep them interested in bringing finance to the forefront of business leadership? We call them often the stewards of the business, the finance team and the CFO. So thank you, Ritesh. Wonderful. Scott Gablehart. We are so ready for you. Please introduce yourself. What's your take on to whom are we speaking? Scott, welcome. Hi, Bonnie. Uh, and, and team Ralph, Ritesh, Graham, thank you. I, I'm going uh, to have to dig a little deep to figure out how to follow up after my three esteemed, esteemed colleagues. Um, for me, I, I've a specialist leader, analytics practice, North America for Deloitte, uh, 20 plus years I've got a little bit of a different background than my colleagues. Um, one, I've only been here at what they call the firm for the past two and a half years. Prior to that, uh, a lot of other software and services companies. And, and really, for me, it, it starts at a, a much younger age. The, the ability to excite and deliver what the leader, the CFO, the CIO is looking for. Um, you know, as you can tell, I think I'm a little... Well, lacking some hair, a little older than probably some of the folks on the call. So there was always this, you know, idea that uh, could I get this information at my fingertips to be able to respond quicker? And it's it's not a it's going to be tomorrow. It's here today. 
And what we've been through um, in the past 16 months, you know, and we've, in order for a company to survive, they're going to have to adopt this analytics first approach in my, in my mind. Um, to answer the question that you posed, Bonnie, about um, who is it really for? It's for everyone. Uh, the small business to have the advantage in the marketplace, the Fortune 100, the Fortune 500, right? Um, there were a lot of gates and everything to put in place in the past 16 months to keep businesses and allow them to survive. But, you know, we've got to be ready for the next end number of times that a pandemic or something else is going to interrupt the economies. And the winners that are going to come out of that definitely have a real-time analytics first approach that they've adopted. Thank you very much, Scott. And you used the word quickly. Yes, we want it now. And in my intro, I said the information you need tomorrow, today, right now, not in 20 minutes, not in five days, now at your fingertips. And that's why this is titled Information at Your Fingertips. Thank you so much, all. I've, I feel like we've really already dived into the topic, and I appreciate the perspectives. You each brought something new to the conversation that we haven't even started having. So this is really good. So let's go to the part of the show where I've asked my guest to send me a quote from a fictional character in a TV show or a movie or even a song lyric fictional, hopefully, and it has nothing to do with the topic, and they're going to relate it to the topic in their own words. So Graham Billington has sent us a quote from Alfie Solomons, played by Tom Hardy. The show is Peaky Blinders, British period crime drama TV series 2013 onward. Follows the exploits of Peaky Blinders crime gang in the aftermath of the First World War. I'll stop there. I haven't seen it yet, and I'm looking for something new and binge-worthy, Graham. Would this be a good one for me? Definitely so. And I just released the final series, started this month as well. Series Good. Five. So here's the quote you've selected. Intelligence is a very valuable thing in it, my friend. And usually it comes too far too effing late. We'll just leave it there. So that was an interesting one. I hope I read it politely. Graham, rescue me. What does this have to do with our topic? I think I know, but we want to hear it, please. Yeah, that was interesting because, um, <clears throat> as you said, Bonnie, we were tasked with giving you a quote that doesn't relate to the topic, and now we can relate it back. So my <laughs> passion and binge-worthy television is around crime dramas, um, and I'm very passionate around uh, kind of solving cases, solving problems, and getting insights. And if I now start to relate that to what I would see in the CFO function is that's what they need to, to do. They need to basically take the data, analyze the data, um, try and work out where are the current problems, where are the current issues uh, within the business. And typically data is the one area or the main area that will help them solve the issues or work out what needs to be solved. So similar to a crime um, drama, something goes wrong in the business, you need to have clean, clear data at your fingertips to analyze and work out, just like a crime detective, how it is. Unfortunately, in today's world, in most of the companies, in line with what Alfie uh, Solomon says, the data and getting the, the data and the right information out is always too late. And so therefore, getting the data at your fingertips will help you become almost more the a crime solver within the business as well, but also the preemptive um, force within the business to help look and foresee problems coming down the line. 
Finance as detective crime solver, hopefully before the crime has been committed, but when you think yeah. it might be. that I've never heard that metaphor before, Graham. Very, very interesting. And I'm going to check out the show. I usually watch French language detective shows because I don't speak French now as well as I used to. So I like hearing them and looking at the English translation, but I'll check this one out. Thank you very much. Ralph Dukek has sent us a quote from Lieutenant Pete. Maverick Mitchell, played, of course, by Tom Cruise in the 1986 American action drama film Top Gun. I'll just leave it there. Here's the quote. It's one of our favorites. We love it. And it's so perfect, I think, for our topic. I feel the need, the need for speed. Ralph, talk to us. Well, I was 14 years old when this was released. So now you know <laughs> how old I am now. <laughs> but that deeply impressed me at that time. And uh, jet pilots are always kind of on, on top of everything. Um, and uh, they, they steer their jets at a yeah, incredible speed. Uh, and this is really what, what I would like to relate to, to our topic because the need to deliver comprehensive insights in ever shorter cycle is what at the end thrills me and thrills, of course, the companies uh, to be able to steer their business. Um, and clients are demanding uh, such solutions to support that in either, even shorter time. And this is really what, what thrills me. Um, and this is also what makes me feel the need for speed in this topic. So getting the right information just ahead of time. Thank you very much. Very appropriate quote. Now you see, you all see how it works, how much fun it is to relate it to fictional characters. Sure. Speaking of which, Ritesh Bhushana sent us a quote from Queen from the album The Works, 1984. We're in the 80s here, my friends. I want to break free is the title of the song and the line he has selected, an anthem of the fight against oppression by the British rock band Queen, written by bassist John Deacon, let's leave it there. I want to break free. I'm not going to sing it. I prevent myself from singing on the radio, Ritesh. You'll thank me later. So, Ritesh, <laughs> talk, talk to me. How'd you pick this one, please? Well, I mean, first of all, this is, uh, yeah, indeed, the early 1980s song. And somehow it stuck in my head. Uh, and, I, and I loved it. And I used to have this as my caller tune on my cell phone <laughs> way back. Um, I, I, you know, and, and there's also an, uh, a connection with the band. Freddie Mercury was the guy who was, uh, you know, uh, born and brought up in Mumbai, in India, and uh, somehow has been uh, also my idol for quite some time. Um, and I think this really relates to the topic because we really want finance function to break free from the stereotype of being just the caretaker of numbers. Right. I think there's a lot of potential that finance as a function has. Um, and I think the CFOs and the overall finance function need to be brave to step up to the challenge that this evolving ecosystem and explosion of data has brought in front of them. And, um, and I think the value of, uh, you know, the real time Intel, the, uh, the, the business steering uh, would really help. Uh, overall organization to become much, much better and drive exponential business business value. So that's why I think the the song and the you know relates to this whole theme of having a, a braver and a more um, pioneering finance function. and that's that's why I choose this. 
Thank you very much. I'm so impressed with the quotes you all picked. And the next quote from Scott Gablehart doesn't disappoint at all. It's from a group I've never heard of. Scott, you're educating me. The Warriors Code by Irish-American Celtic or Celtic, I think I'm supposed to say, punk band Dropkick Murphys, 2005. It's about a Lowell, Massachusetts, their own Irish boxing legend, Mickey Ward, who's shown on the album's cover. And here's the quote. Listen up, everybody. Because the fighter never quits. You make the most of the hand you're dealt because the quitter never wins. Scott, take it away. Well, um, again, just like Graham, uh, I got to be honest here. Uh, Ralph stole mine because like the need for speed is just, anyway, and Top Gun's a great movie. But being being a Boston boy, educated there, um, it's, it's a song to me. It's a motivational song. It's also a song about perseverance if you read those lyrics. And I, I kind of think uh, in this context around analytics first, like, you know, the CIO, the CFO, right? They're the warriors. They, they cannot, they cannot uh, give, they cannot give in. They've got to persevere. Uh, a lot of these companies have tried and failed when it comes to, you know, getting more faster insight and all of that. And so to me, it's just such a motivational song about perseverance and in this particular context here, you know, the, the warrior's code, you know, analytics first can become that corporation's warrior's code because we have the right DNA in this approach to actually make them successful, not only in the ring, but also in the corporate marketplace. Thank you very much. Thank you all for doing the homework. I appreciate it. Some people say the hardest part of being on the show is finding an interesting quote. So now we're going to dive even deeper into the the main part of our conversation. And if you're in the audience around the world and you're just tuning in, this, of course, is the Kinetic Enterprise Built to Evolve presented by Deloitte. And our topic is empowering finance transformation with analytics-based insights at your fingertips. I'm going to put an S on that. And I'm very honored to be speaking today with Graham Billington and Rolf Dukek, Ritesh Bhushan, and Scott Gablehart, all professionals in the business transformation and finance area at Deloitte. So now we're going to go to our discussion statements. Graham, I like the first one. I'm going to use that if that's okay with you. And we're going to continue to level set for our audience. So let me read this. It's brief and to the point. Take about two minutes and expand it, please. As they say on the news, please unpack it. And then we'll go around the table and see if anybody has the nerve to disagree with you or see where they take it. And then I'll pick a statement from each of the others and we'll go around. So Graham says, the role of the CFO has been changing with a new generation of CFOs. That's where I want to go. Using detailed business insights, supporting the definition of the future direction of the company in contrast to simple reports reporting on historical performance. Let's talk about this generation of CFOs. Who are they? Graham. So it's interesting because uh, a lot of the people I've come into contact with now and as I've been working in the markets recently, um, the CFOs in the historical sense were kind of more older gentlemen coming through. And what I'm really seeing is a lot of diversity as well coming out into that CFO role. So CFOs generally are becoming younger and uh, more diverse uh, regarding gender roles. And there's more and more gender equality coming through, which is also a very good good thing to see. But as the younger generation is also coming into this role, they are less concerned about, I think Ritesh had mentioned in his um, intro around uh, the day-to-day process, because we have so many systems, uh, systems are so evolved and um, 
over the last um, 40 years already that the processes are getting more and more efficient. So it becomes similar to the new generation is just used to an iPhone versus an old telephone as it is today. So the expectation is it just works. The processes work, you can uh, post your documents, you can put everything within the finance system. So now they're starting to look into say, okay, we've produced and we should, as a given, as a statement, be able to report on how it was done in the past. So we can look at, we can produce our monthly statements, our quarterly statements, yearly statements, that should just be done by the system. That should not be, or is no longer the expectation to be a person needs to do that. The people within the roles and the expectation is now to say, okay, once all of that is done by the systems, we should be able to look as a finance organization at the outputs of that, start to analyze where the business went wrong, where we need to adapt the business, as well as now starting to think about uh, where is the future of the business. So now we also then expand the role from the finance function of not only just looking inwardly at the business historical performance and the business data, but finance now needs to also combine that with external data. And when you put the financial data together with external data, that's when you can finally start to drive the business in the most efficient way where the market is going and as well keeping up with the market. Thank you very much. The new generation of CFOs. I like the way you set that with the demographics references. Appreciated. Let's go around the table. Ralph Dukek, agree or disagree with Mr. Billington? What do you think? Uh, I, I, can, I can fully agree. Uh, and it's not only uh, the, the diversity which, which, uh, which adjusts um, and to, to a new normal, I would say. It's also the, um, the education of the more more senior guys in this role uh, they learn from the younger um, to also focus on these new topics and and uh, to to drive more um, predictive um, yeah prediction into their finance functions I would say together with the with the data coming from from the outside world uh, influencing those finance parameters and, and KPIs Thank you. Ritesh, join us. Agree or disagree? You've got two people to refer to, Graham and or Rolf. you got your homework assigned. Go ahead, Ritesh. No, I think I absolutely agree with the changing role of CFOs. And, and I think what, what, another interesting perspective is more and more CFOs that I talk to uh, also have an additional role, uh, which is the CIO, right? So in most more cases, you see the CFOs are also responsible for the IT function, right? And I think that's basically the construct to drive cost optimization because both finance and IT are seen as, uh, you know, as cost centers. So what you also see more and more is the CFOs are not only responsible for financial, you know, statements and financial, uh, uh, you know, fiduciary responsibilities, but also to kickstart the digital transformation of the organization. In fact, 80% of customers who start their digital transformation start with finance first, right? And, and almost 100% of them have finance in the scope of their transformation. So basically, the, the CFOs are kicking start the digital transformation of the entire organization and are at the forefront of it. So I think it's the tone from the top. It's the, it's the CFO's need to not only drive a car, but you know, it's also steer basically, you know, driving the car with the headlights turned on. That's how one CFO told me about you know the need to have 
uh, more insights and not just you know financial information. Uh, and if you put the two together, you see that CFOs are at a at an unenviable position, right, or enviable position to to be at the forefront of changing the course of the of the entire organization. So I think it's an exciting time to be a CFO, and I think more and more younger generation CFO are taking that opportunity and making a mark for themselves and for their companies. Very interesting. And I like how you mentioned the CFO often has that dual role of CFO and CIO. I'm wondering if they have two chairs at the C-suite and they have to keep moving back and forth. That's just my comment. I'm visualizing it. Scott Gablehart, join us. What do you think of what your three colleagues on the panel had to say? Agree or disagree with anybody or everybody? Go ahead, Scott. Um, completely agree. Um you know, I, I think what we're hearing and I, I definitely what I see is if you've got downward pressure for the finance organization and every company to be more and more efficient, we'll talk a little bit later about how they can be the lead to really drive a, a greater analytic and insight view throughout the whole corporation, not just from a finance department. But you also have coming from the bottom up, you have the younger generations of people that are used to I can do this in a couple seconds on my cell phone anywhere. Why can't I do this inside of this particular company? Why can't I gather close and predict tomorrow within a matter of seconds right from my phone? And a lot of companies are still trying to catch up to that. So I totally agree. Uh, just a little different spin on it is you've got, um, when you talked about duality there, um, Ritesh, you've got the same duality there. It, well, the duality you talked about is a little different. What I'm talking about is you've got the downward pressure uh, for the finance organization to be more efficient at the same time, you have the upward pressure of people have been able to do some of these functions on their phone for years. Why can't company XYZ be able to do it as well? Yes, the consumerization, the democratization of data, of access, of I feel the need, the need for speed. Damn it, there it is, and I can tell you what it is, and I can add my insights. Graham, I'm just going to really quickly go back to you because we have so much more to cover. Anything you want to say back to your colleagues real fast? No, I think, as I said, they all agreed we've got a similar outlook on life, so I'd be very surprised if they <laughs> disagreed with anything. <laughs> Thank you. Great conversation started, Graham. Ralph, let's go to your statement number three. This is more about the CFO. Ralph has advice here. He says, be kinetic and evolve. Organizations need to bring maximum flexibility into their operations. Why? To get ahead of disruption and position themselves. That's where we want to focus, Ralph, for growth, adaptation, and integration. Ralph, take about two minutes, unpack, and we'll go around the table. Ralph, you're up. Yeah, sure. Um, so the COVID crisis has shown uh, what it means to, to adapt um, and to know how to adapt. Um, so you needed information on a short period of time um, to really um, steer the business towards the right direction, uh, to go into short-time work in some of the areas. What does it mean to really predict that? And um, also this crisis has shown that many companies um, has gained business momentum um, from that crisis, delivery volumes increased, uh, freight rates increase, and so they 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 really had a lot of money available to integrate new companies uh, to to acquire companies which need to be integrated to grow the business. And the better you are positioned from process perspective, from a system perspective, the better you could integrate them and know how this contributes to your business value. 
um, and this is um, really what what is it about to be kinetic and to evolve um, to really have this kind of flexibility to integrate and to adjust your business. Thank you, Ralph. Let's go around the table. Ritesh, you're right now sitting next to, virtually sitting next to Ralph, whether you know it or not, I don't know what view you're seeing. Please join us, agree or disagree, Ritesh. No, I, I fully agree. I think the speed of change um, for organization is nerve-wracking, right? It's, um, you know, there's a number of uh, M&A happening, you know, on a constant basis, uh, and organization safety is changing. Um, an interesting fact here is, you know, uh, earlier business models used to evolve in, in an year's time frame, and now it's actually every quarter you have a new business model evolving, right? So the need for speed, I, I love that quote, by the way, Ralph, I, that need for speed is extremely, extremely high at this stage. Uh, and that basically means that the organizations need to become kinetic, right? There is no other way. You, you, if you're not evolving, uh, then you are at the risk of being, uh, you know, becoming either irrelevant or being, you know, a target for other acquisition. So I think it's very important to constantly uh, look at the capabilities and the ability to bring more and more information and, and additional insight, leveraging the, you know, majority of information that you get from, you know, from your uh, social media, from your external uh, data feed, but at the same time also how your own customers, you know, behave and pay or, or, or buy from you. And then putting it all together, that cannot be done with the, you know, technology of 80s. You need to modernize and evolve your digital landscape. And I'll come back to that later. But you need to evolve your digital landscape to be, you know, to be able to serve your business counterparts, your business partners uh, with the right uh, information at the right time. Thank you very much. Let's go to Scott. Scott, talk to us. What do you think? Of course, I agree. These are my these are my colleagues, right? But um, it, it's it's interesting hearing some of the answers to this this particular question. And one piece I'll just add is, and it's a, it's a term I've heard more and more, and it, it it seems to be linked with the organizations that get this and succeed and gain in the marketplace. And the term is one team, because if you think about it, right? Finance trying to do this on their own, work a little bit with IT, they may be successful, but it's 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 a single team in air quotes, as you used earlier, Bonnie, where you're bringing together all the different parts of the business in order to get this to work uh, in order for that analytics insight at the speed of thought to really be, be happening. So, yeah, I, I just think to tag on to this particular um, uh, suggestion from Ralph, that uh, they also companies also embrace this idea of a one team, uh, along with the analytics first approach, in order to have a successful uh, venture. Thank you, Graham Billington. You're wrapping this one up around the table. Go ahead. Yeah, it's slightly so well additional spinning to that. So what all my colleagues said, obviously, I agree with that. Uh, the focus I'd like to just go into is the word evolve that uh, Ralph had said because we've talked around the finance transformation. And for me, the transformation is more about creating that flexible organization, as Ralph had said, because the mistake that was made in the past is there was a transformation journey that was one or two years or five years long, however long, and then they stopped and then the business stood still for the next 20 years and said, okay, they need another finance transformation. So for me, the key part of what Ralph has said is around the evolution of finance, and it's a continuous evolution. 
So you're not going to just transform now and that's it. It's a new mindset that finance dependence on the market, dependence on the situations, uh, external, internal, is continually evolving so that hopefully in the future you don't have to transform because you're already evolved to what's needed in today's world. Thank you very much. Let's quickly circle back to Ralph. Ralph, anything you want to say back to your three esteemed co-panelists? I just thank you to to add on that because it it really completed the picture. Uh, thanks for that. Yeah. Thank you very much. Good conversation started, Ritesh. I've negotiated behind the scenes with Ritesh on where we're going to go next, and I want to talk about talent, and that's perfectly statement number four from Ritesh Bhushan. He says finance organizations are struggling to attract and retain talent. Enterprise technology modernization is a must. Let's go there, Ritesh. You're up. I think, um, Bonnie, you said this in your opening, uh, a typical finance professional uh, was uh, with a degree in accounting, right? Maybe a chartered accountant, um, you know, somewhere in the back office, crunching numbers, right? And then making sure that the government uh, government uh, and, and income tax reports are sent on time. But that was 80s, maybe 90s. But this is, uh, you know, the new era where finance function has to do much more than just being uh, the regulatory engine of the organization. Uh, and, and that's not only, you know, the, the only challenge for finance. The other challenge is that there are more and more uh, people who just do not want to be that number cruncher. Uh, you have the inflow of talent who, who's more, uh, uh, you know, who's more the blue type, right? They, they want to have uh, more ability to analyze information, right? To create their own perspectives. Um, to be able to uh, steer business and steer uh, the organization. Uh, and then that, that, that opportunity for uh, the young talent to, it has to be provided within the finance function. And if it is not done, then you would have a hard time bringing in and retaining talent. So what is the key here? The key, as we see also for a lot of organization, is uh, you need to create a similar environment for your finance talent as they have in their personal life. And so more app-based, more modern, right? More intuitive. Uh, and you cannot fall back on the, the, on the, on the, you know, black and blue screens, right? Where you're crunching numbers day in, day out. So you need to, as a finance leader, uh, think about the digital transformation strategy. What would it mean in terms of your, you know, digital core of the organization? If you have a very, differentiated landscape how do you bring it and make it a digital core for finance and then also think about what kind of talent you have to hire do you need more data scientists do you need more people who can you know visualize information right do you need more people who can story tell uh, i think these are the kind of uh, new skills that are also available uh, based on the education system evolution that's happening around the society uh, what the finance leaders need to understand is how to tap in into this pool how to leverage this pool to create more insights and not just numbers uh, for the organization so that, you know, the, the challenges that business is facing can be uh, addressed and can be supported. Thank you. Excellent. lot to talk about. Agree or disagree. Scott, you're sitting next to Ritesh right now. How about that? Go ahead. Standing high, Ritesh. I'm sitting right next to you. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I totally agree because, um, you know, to kind of to go a little bit further with what Ritesh is talking about. And you said at the beginning, I, I just had this thought of uh, coming into an organization and just seeing our good, good old green and white printouts 
of how companies and people used to have to sift through numbers and then that turning into an Excel spreadsheet. And now the demands that we're here, we're not at a quarter, it's really figuring out today, tomorrow, so we can survive and grow in the marketplace. And so you have to have that environment, you have to have that infrastructure and all that in place. You have to have that one team organization. But more importantly, you know, let's not ignore um, in order to keep, you know, the, the information itself, you've got to have a passion for it. And you've got more and more of these people today, a lot of people coming out with data science and statistical degrees. And you've got to be able to include them into that organization, not just in finance, but across the board in your corporation in order for you to survive and evolve in the marketplace for tomorrow. Totally agree with what Ritesh was saying. Yes. Thank you very much. Graham Billington, join us. Thoughts? Yep. Uh, I was agreeing to that. And, and the focus I would like to maybe go into is the retention of talent, because that's typically what I see as the, the biggest problem, uh, is the turnover of staff within most of the finance organizations that I work with are, is just far too too high. And so the there is a demand for talent in the markets and then there's lots of promises to attract talent and saying it's different by our organization when it's not. And the retention becomes a, a problem because uh, similar to what Scott was saying earlier, people want to be able to analyze the data, to do, uh, use what they've got. So you normally bring in very highly experienced, highly qualified people, even when they're not experienced, they're always highly qualified, intelligent people. And when you ask them to spend 80% of their time comparing a spreadsheet that it, the numbers match up to the other spreadsheets, they are bored. And the retention then becomes impossible because that's not what most of the population have signed up or <laughs> studied X amount of years to do. So you need to, as <clears throat> Ritesh said, provide that st stable infrastructure and technology to make sure that they can use it as a consumer and actually properly use the knowledge that they've gained in university rather than spending 80 to 90% of their working day just comparing numbers to make sure they are the same. Thank you. It's getting more exciting. There we go. Ralph, join us. Agree or disagree with anything. I, 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 I can fully agree. I can only fully agree. Uh, I, I just want to bring a different spin into that. Uh, so it's it's not only uh, what, what uh, Ritesh and, and uh, Scott said about um, yeah, being storyteller and, and, and the like. You also need to combine uh, this with uh, technology views and, and technology skills um, to be able to build up and, and architecture such kind of systems which support that. Uh, and you see, I bring in a little bit more the technical view to that. Um, and, and this is also very, very important to really find people with the right combination of those skills or to build teams which really um, are complementary to deliver any kind of services um, to build that kind of uh, systems and solutions around that. Thank you very much. And let's go back to Ritesh. This was your conversation starter, your topic. Ritesh, what do you think? No, I'm, I'm glad that my fellow panelists also think uh, that this war on talent, right, or war for talent for finance is real and, and we got to do something about finance, got to do something about it. Um, so, you know, I, I think that if finance does not act, um, you know, it would lose its pole position. Um, other parts of businesses will 
hire a data scientist and then finance will also lose the relevance as a function. So it's really a matter of survival for finance to really step up and 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 bring different uh, type of uh, you know finance talent uh, or the workforce of the future. Thank you. And something we, we didn't touch on in terms of talent is we're going through something called the big quit or the great resignation era, right? Post-pandemic. And what this means is people are thinking, well, I've gotten this far. I've gotten through this. Look, it's changed my, my family perspective. It's changed my work perspective. What do I want to do now? Do I want the same job? Do I want the same industry? Do I want to work with the same people? What does it mean for me in terms of quality of life, in terms of quality of my profession, not just the money, but but what you're doing, for whom you're doing it, the values, the shared values? So there's a whole new aspect, I think, to whom do you attract? How do you retain them? But do they want to work in this area with you? And I'm going to take a guess that listening to the four of you on this radio show will inspire people to say, Hey, finance sounds really cool. Maybe I should do that next. So that's a compliment to the four of you. So let's go to our final speaker, uh, very much a part of what we're doing here. Scott Gablehart focuses in all of your statements on analytics first approach. But Scott, I've picked your last statement here because there's something in here we haven't talked about. You say you can't determine tomorrow today, and you've said that before, until you embrace an analytics first approach as data does not self-organize itself to today's algorithms. There's that A word. Scott, why don't you unpack this and then we'll go around the table, please. Sure. So I'm working on trying to get data to self-organize itself for the algorithms. It's just not there yet. Sorry, that was a shameless pitch and I'll get thrown off the panel. Sorry, everyone. Uh, <laughs> nice to know you. But no, um, to, to take a step back, right? You hear all these buzzwords. Uh, we, we have households that have intelligence built into them. We can merely have a conversation to search for something and everything um, in our in our personal life. And, you, and we touched upon the communization of data and how that, you know, we're all coming from, from our homes, virtual or physical, and we're walking into the workplace, virtual or physical, and we have kind of the same expectation. Can I just have a, a conversation uh, with a device or can I just be in a Zoom meeting right now and just have this information come up and we all just kind of walk through it and uh, come out with our insight and plan for how we're going to attack the next quarter or something like that. Well, I hate to tell you folks, it, it just it's great magic, it's great theater and good movies and entertainment. But the reality is today that for these algorithms to work properly as they're intended, they're beautiful, but they have to have data in a particular shape and form. Um, we also talked just in the last question, going back and forth, the last statement about talent and stuff. You have to have the people that also understand what the algorithms what the algorithms mean. And Ritesh brought up a very uh, a very good word, I think a couple statements ago that I, I don't think we should just dismiss the the ability to tell a story. So we've got the data and we've got the speed, but the ability to relate what that means to the business. I don't want to underestimate that because you have a lot of people that are very talented with technology, very talented with the data. But to be able to stand up in front of a room of people and to tell a story that everyone can get and it resonates and get agreement on based upon that data and move forward is very powerful. Now, analytics first approach and why data doesn't self-organize itself. A lot of companies, as we, we talk about, we need them to adopt an analytics first approach. A lot of the time, you know, as well now on this panel here, um, the analytics are an afterthought. Let me go get my ERP system up first and I'll do reporting and analytics later. And 
or there's some in there, right? Mm-hmm. Well, what we're talking about is no, no. You know, take an analytics first approach, no matter where you are in your transformation in your business and turn around and really think about data at its most atomic level. What do I want it to do and what do I need it for? Lay that out now so that you already have the data shaped in the sources that you need. So you get your analytics, you can figure out where I was five years ago and where I am today, but you also have already laid the foundation with the data and the shape that instead of doing a complete re-engineering and lift of the data to shape it now to work with an accelerated K-means algorithm or to go out there and do some simple scoring or to sit there and do some time series or regression analysis, you've already got the data. And in a lot of the platforms out there, it's already sitting there in the same environment you're doing your analytics or running part of your ERP on. Now you can just enable that functionality. So not only do I have the continuum of where I was to where I am today, I already have tomorrow enabled. And when I bring all those three pieces together, my gosh, if you got someone that's a really good storyteller on top of that, you know, you're going to have quite an advantage from a company perspective. So again, um, the algorithms and everything are quite sexy. Everyone hears about it. But the reality is, is that the data itself has to align with the algorithm in order for the algorithm to work. Too many people think that I can just force fit an existing algorithm and get the output I'm looking for. And that's, that's not how they're going to succeed in trying to predict and calculate tomorrow today. Thank you very much. Lots of good information to chew on there. Graham, you're sitting next to Scott right now. What do you think? Two minutes each. We're almost out of time. Okay. Go ahead, Graham. That's great. Now, just pick up because I finally found one point that I could disagree with in that it's a very <laughs> minor point to be controversial is uh, what I'm finding on the analytics first approach is not something that we need to talk to our customers or to the organization. That's where I see the market is moving. So when I speak to my peers and when I speak to most of the companies, um, they're already on that journey. They're already, all, all the people that I, I go with are analytics first approach. It's, it's nothing that we we need to actually convince or, or change or have a, a, a mindset in the market. It is already there is my experience. Where they're struggling now goes back to where I agree with Scott. It's actually hard to bring that data together. And that's where there's a lot of demand to say, okay, yes, we need analytics. We need that first. That's the first step in our transformation. And uh, they need, most people can't bring that story together. I really liked what you said, Scott, around storytelling. I, I love the, the concept because storytelling always provides something that's a little bit addictive. Everybody wants to listen to a story. And bringing that data together to tell that story is is where most people are struggling at the moment, how to get that right. And that's where they need the help. Uh, And I think everybody's bought into the analytics first approach, but don't yet know how to actually embark on it. Thank you. Great idea to talk about storytelling. I picked up on it earlier, but didn't say anything. Thank you. Everybody wants a story. Ralph Dukek. Up to you, two minutes, I, and then we'll I, finish with Ritesh. Go ahead. I, I can I can fully agree as as previously all the time. Um, so that's obviously the the setting we have here. Uh, no, I, I can I can fully agree. And and the the first step to to um, embark on that journey with analytics first and to to make that data aligned to be processed by the algorithm is really to to bring the ERP systems delivering that data to a level which allows processing of that data. So I can fully agree uh, with Scott uh, on that. Thank you very much. Ritesh, you get the last word on this and then we'll wrap up. Go ahead. 
I think the analytics first approach is a no-brainer, right? Um, you need real-time insights. Uh, for one large customer, um, when I walked into the office of CFO, he basically said, I want to show Exco information on digital boardrooms where they can find information themselves. They don't have to call me uh, every morning or every, you know, let's say month end to understand what's the financial position of the organization. So that's, that's a, a given. Uh, but what is most important is the journey to get to that will require a couple of things. First being common data model. You need to have a common minimum information model um, that is not exhaustive, but that is really uh, set in stone. So that requires discipline and that requires uh, organization to also change, right, uh, from, a, from, from the way they, they handle and manage their data. So that's first. Second, I think, is, is, is how do you manage the information? What, what's basically the data uh, management governance within the organization to make sure that you have the right ownership, the right, um, you know, uh, discipline, to, to manage the transformation data in the organization, I think that's also very crucial. And these are some foundational steps you've got to make to get to that uh, you know, blue sky scenario where you would get your information first time right, uh, which I think will help the organization to create the exponential business value. Thank you very much. Let's go around to Scott. This was your conversation starter. Anything you want to say back to them? I can give you about a minute and a half. Go ahead, Scott. Try to do it in, in 30 seconds or less. So um, again, it, these are my colleagues, right? So I, I this uh, either agreeing or disagreeing this 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 healthy uh, this healthy uh, conversation, I think just provides to our customers um, more insight into it. You know, people people across the the world and who are going to be listening to this podcast, they're all in different stages of where they are from a kinetic finance analytics perspective. Right. So I think it's good to hear, uh, you know, Graham saying, well, you know, people are already there, but the data piece and all that and the common data model that Ritesh added that thank you for adding that Ritesh. Um, I, you know, again, like I said earlier, uh, it's hard following up uh, these three other esteemed colleagues, and I hope I did a good job doing it. Of course, you all did. I want to thank all four of you. I tell you what, I'm going to give you each one sentence, not a paragraph, not a 10-minute speech, one sentence of advice for CFOs on how to move forward. Just one sentence. It can be exactly what you've said already in the show, but just one sentence. You know what? I'm going to change it. Well, prediction. A year from now, will be we still be having the same advice for CFOs, or will they have all listened to this radio show and gotten on the right track in terms of analytics approach and attracting and retaining the right talent? Uh, prediction, one sentence. Graham, you're first. Real fast. Beat, beat. I think it will be the same, but there will be a demand to have it faster, even faster. Thank you. Ralph Dukek, what do you think? One sentence. Start, start a transformation right now, not to lose time and yeah, gain the speed. Thank you. Ritesh Bhushan? Focus on retaining, hiring and retaining the right talent. That is crucial. Thank you. And Scott Gablehart? Start now in order for a year from now to be relevant in the marketplace. Thank you very much. I am so impressed with the four of you. This was a really, really good conversation. You covered so many points 
related to it that one person said, yeah, well, let me, let me give an outline of what we're going to talk about. We couldn't have gotten it all without the perspectives and the expertise of all four of you, and I'm very appreciative to you. I want to do a shout-out to Hasmine Bolanos at Deloitte. Thank you, Hasmine. She's our showrunner, and thank you to Aaron Keller, our engineer at Voice America, and thank you to, wave goodbye, Graham Billington. Appreciate you, Ralph Ralph Dukek, appreciate you. Ritesh Bhushan, appreciate you. Scott Gablehart, appreciate you. This is Bonnie D. signing off for another very interesting and lively episode of Deloitte, the kinetic enterprise built to evolve. Everybody wave goodbye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the kinetic enterprise built to evolve presented by Deloitte. Be sure to join host Bonnie D. Graham next Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Deloitte can help you reimagine everything in order to get the most out of your SAP investments and position your business for tomorrow's demands. Learn more at Deloitte.com SAP. This program is copyright Deloitte Development, LLC. All rights reserved.